to here so we don't get get fined. I beat you. My name is David. My name is Thomas. And we're back with another episode. Uh, I would like to apologize in advance for a couple things. One, as you can tell probably, uh, I'm fighting through some allergies at the moment. Yeah, dude, you sound terrible. The weather is going crazy. Uh, What the heck was that? I accidentally hit the play button. Turn the volume down on your phone, Tom. I was just listening. I I accidentally hit the play button when I was trying to slide up my phone to unlock it to pull up my notes. I am sorry. You should be. But anyway, as you can probably tell, I'm going through, I'm going through, I think it's allergies. I hope it's allergies. I don't feel bad. I feel perfectly fine. My nose is just running like a freaking marathon. Were you a super cuddly boy with a cat last night? I was not. I avoided the cat. Yeah, usually they're pretty, uh, the cats are pretty all over you, but last night seemed pretty tame. But the, uh, the main apology is going to come when I inevitably do... That or something like that throughout the pod, and I forget to mute the mic or Can whatever it is. Just be perfect. It's I'll not, try. It's not a hard bar. I'm it's gonna not, try. It's not a high bar to. Yeah. To meet. That's fair. Listen, that's fair. All right. Um, apology number two is just for the sporadic nature of our episodes this week. Uh, it schedules are getting busier. Uh, it's the holiday. The holiday season, season which yeah. is tough for both of our schedules. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so Thomas's work schedule is getting busier. My schedule at my job just inherently gets busier in the holiday season. So uh, we're going to get you your episodes. They're going to come out. They just might not be on the days that we typically enjoy them. So this is the second episode of the week coming out on Thursday afternoon. Wait, Um, churches get busier? Around the holidays? Yeah. Like Christmas season? We have like four special services. I'm planning for a Christmas party this weekend. I'm trying to acquire transportation for 20 kids around town why so, yeah why it's, uh, <coughs> why has the church monopolized christmas that's a great question that's it's a great yeah it's probably because the holiday uh was started for and revolves around the birth of jesus so i thought it was a pagan holiday. just a question it is not that's a common i thought jesus was born in october september but not september uh in the like april-ish april may either way yeah, I mean, but, like, we didn't know that when Christmas first started. Like, that, and even that, we don't know for a fact. That's just the best guesstimations based on biblical accounts of, like, stars in the sky and what we assume that star was, like, stuff like that. I gotcha. So, I, gotcha. I mean, we don't we, we don't really know. The Bible doesn't say when Jesus was born. We don't really know. Tuesday. So, um, yeah. Anyway. Um, so, yeah. Apologies for my voice and my inevitable snivels. Uh, and apologies for the sporadic nature of the pods this week. But we're going to get you your three. And this week, we're starting off with uh, our headlines. But before we get into headlines, I saw something on TikTok, and I thought it was interesting. Okay. Uh, and I wanted to to do it to you, Thomas. Um, okay. I have 10 athletes that are considered to be, by me, the GOAT of their individual sports. So 10 sports? Yes. Okay. And what you're going to do is blind rank these goats. From 1 to 10? From 1 to 10. So, we'll start off with Tiger Woods. Oh, I, I, it, it, it should be noted. You can do this in your way. How, how do you see it? Their domination in said sport? Or, um, like for me personally... If I don't have Simone Biles on this list, mm-hmm. but if I did, I don't think gymnastics is as much of an athletic feat as football. So, like, yeah. while Simone Biles, I think, has been more dominant in her sport than, say, Tom Brady, she has more gold medals, more world championships than Tom Brady does, I would put Tom Brady over Simone Biles. So, you, it depends on how you see the sport. I got you. Their dominance in the sport. Whatever it is. So, like, I know some people would say Simone Biles over Tom because she's won more, right? I gotcha. So, it just it depends on how you want to do it. But, yeah. So, we're starting off Tiger Woods. He was pretty dominant. He was very dominant. He was he was, he was was something. He was very dominant. I'm going to hit him at six. Six? Yeah. For Tiger? Yeah. Six? Yeah. You don't think Tiger's a top five goat in the world? Wow. I said what I said. Wow. All right. Number two. 
LeBron James. A lot of people are going to be mad that that's not Michael yeah. Jordan. Um, Get over yourselves. LeBron's the GOAT. I think I would put LeBron at... Ah, this is tough. I'm thinking three or four. I want to put... I want to say four because I know there's a GOAT that I'm forgetting about who's just like randomly crazy, you know? So I'm going to go with four. I think the athletic ability to play basketball is very similar to the athletic ability to play golf. And I think Tiger was much more dominant in golf than LeBron was. I would I would have yeah, but those like, like differently. Like, here's the thing though. Here's but, the thing though. There's a different layer of dominance to a sport like basketball as opposed to like golf, you know. And what, what I mean, mean by that is like in basketball, there's you're dominating sometimes two, three people at a time in a small confined space, you know. And not yeah, but in golf, that, you have to swing a stick at a ball. And I mean, hit it 300 yards. We're ranking goats here, you know? Yeah, and the, the the skill and ability, I think, is greater in golf. And it being able to place a ball, using nine di- choosing between nine different clubs to be able to place a ball exactly where you need it on a thin sheet of grass. Like, no one's saying that's The not skill impressive. it takes to do that is more impressive than me. to me. I can go to a three-point line right now with no warm-up shots and hit 10 out of 33 pointers. Yeah, but can you do it in front of a crowd of people with people lunging at you and like being on being all up in your face? Listen, that's can you fair. crash the paint against these big power forward and centered bodies and just run your momentum through them? Listen, that's know? fair. And I'm not saying again. I think LeBron's the greatest basketball player of all time. I just don't think basketball is a great sport. I don't either. Uh, but... And so that's kind of my thing. I think. I don't know. And Tiger was just so much more dominant in golf than LeBron was in basketball. No, I got you. I don't, I mean, I don't. Is in basketball. He still plays. I don't necessarily care that much about basketball, but I view someone being good at basketball to me, like goat level good is more impressive than being goat level good to golf. Listen, fair enough. Fair enough. That's just my perception. All right. Next up. This one, you're going to piss me off with this one. I already know it. Serena Williams. Um... I think that's my three. Okay. You did not piss me off. I think that's my three. All right. All right. That's surprising to me. Serena's my personal four. No, Serena has been a person that I've been like, eh, she's whatever, you know? Uh, And then the last time he reacted so viscerally that I was like, maybe, maybe I should, uh, Serena's my personal four. I'm surprised you have her at three, but yeah. uh, Good placement. Good placement. I'm, that makes me. I'm, Are you sure you want to lock in three? Because you can't change any of these. Uh, You're locked in. If you want to knock her down to five or six or five, I wouldn't be upset. I'd rather knock LeBron down to five and Serena the four. But can't I can't move do LeBron. That. Can't so move I'll LeBron. stay at three. Okay. Okay. Uh, Rafael pretty... Nadal. Seven. All right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, Tom Brady. Two. All right. There's there's one player I have earmarked for one, and there was also one player I had earmarked for two. And right. uh, if the player I have marked for one isn't on this list, it's going to look real silly. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, man, Tom Brady at two. I mean, you can't argue his success. I'm just... I know who your one is going to be, and Tom Brady has more everything than your number one. I mean, I disagree. He has records that have never been broken. He has more championships. He had like, like in. I'll just I'll go ahead and say Wayne Gretzky, number one. All right, Wayne Gretzky has no, no, no. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Right? Does Brady have more ships? Sure, he does. He's got three more rings than Gretzky does. But here's the thing. If you remove, he also got those three more rings in less time than Gretzky played in the NHL. I I I. Elaborate. Wait, what? Gretzky played in the NHL for like 23 years, right? Um, let me double check that. Um, it's kind of hazy because he didn't start in the NHL. So how many, you know, it's kind of like how deep into his career was he when he started playing in the NHL? You know what I mean? Do his points from the not NHL accumulate into his NHL points? No. 
Okay. No, no points, no ships, none and of that. We're talking stuff. only his in it. We're NHL. talking only NHL. only his NHL play. Yeah. Uh, he played twenty years in the NHL. Okay, so in the same time, Tom Brady. Yes. Won three more championships. Probably went to way more. Okay. Conference championships. Yeah. One. Percentage-wise, more games. I would assume. I don't know that. Yeah. But that's yeah, my sure. assumption. Like, I, I just think Tom Brady was way more dominant than Wayne Gretzky. I mean, he's a... Four- Wayne Gretzky was more dominant in personal, individual statistics? I mean, he still won four ships. Like, let's not snooze at that, you know? He was still a four-time cup that's winner, a, a nine-time MVP. He won the Lady Bing five times. He was a 15-time All-Star. Won the Art Ross ten times. Won the Pearson five times. Won the Consmite two times. Like... You could take away every single goal he scored in his career, and he would still be the definitive league, like all time. Again, that's individual statistics, but you're which are important, but not as important as I don't know. I don't know. Listen, man, I'm just saying this is your list. I'm not gonna lie. This was meant to take five minutes. It's already taken ten. So that's no, no. um, That's okay. That's okay. But like, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, though. Right? It's it'd be one thing if he didn't have a ship. It'd be one thing if he just didn't have any rings but he's got four and four is a pretty good number yeah no it's great you know? yeah i don't know i don't know that there's anyone active in the nhl right now who has wayne four. gretzky is like my number three like i'm not saying number wayne gretzky. three yeah what the what is wrong with you that's a load of he's a he's a two at bare minimum if you're hard riding tom brady i mean not necessarily not no no this is rage bait is what this not is my, no you are rage baiting me and it's working. So My number two is it. Tiger Woods. Oh, Tiger Woods is one oh, of, if not the most dominant success. athlete in his sport. Okay, so is Wayne Gretzky. And he carried a team to four rings. Tiger Woods only has sorry, to carry sorry, himself. Sorry, 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 sorry. I apologize. I did not mean to say... I did not mean to say in his sport. I mean, in all of sports, period. Like, ta- or Tiger Woods' dominance in the PGA is that much greater than... I would argue almost any other athlete there is, in their respective sport. There is, and this is my opinion, there is no greater distance between number one and number two in any sport compared to hockey. That is such a clear cut, this is the guy. We've heard Brady Manny. We've heard Tiger Phil. We've heard... No, 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 no. The conversation has never been Tiger Phil. Whatever. The point is... The, co- is the conversation may have been who's the best in the world right now. The, but as far as the GOAT debate goes, it's Tiger and Arnold or Tiger and Clawson. It's never been Tiger but Phil. But the point of the matter... Like, the point is there is no discussion in hockey. It's Wayne. But that's because Unless hockey... You're being a hockey troll. was full of plumbers until 2006. And there were plumbers back then who were good. The point is... Is... All right. Those other players should have had those numbers. Like, Gretzky changed the sport. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. But so did Shaquille O'Neal. He's not on this list. That's true. So did Steph Curry. He's not on this list. Yeah, but neither of them are. A lot of people change the sport. Okay, okay. But that doesn't make them goats. Find me someone with four rings, more than nine MVPs. More than two Stanley Cup final MVPs or a correlating award, so like Super Bowl MVP, you know what I mean? And we can talk. But until then, it's it's Gretzky for me. And it's not even close. Rafael, I already did that one. Babe Ruth. You put him as the great, I I guess that makes sense. Yes. Great pitcher. You can't call Shohei Otani the GOAT yeah, yet. You can't yeah. call Mike Trout the GOAT. No, no. Like, He's been too injured. As I was asking that question, I was like, well, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah. Also, he, this Barry man. Bonds. Half his home runs came from drugs. Doesn't matter how you got him as long as you got him. No, it does matter how you got him. Uh, what are my open spots? Five, nine, and ten? Five, eight, nine, ten. Five. Just because like he, like, he was dominant on both sides of the... He only pitched Diamond. for the first four years of his career. Yeah, but wasn't he like? Annoying? I mean, he was a good defender, sure, in the outfield. But do you, are you taking offense to me placing him at five? I, I don't think he's five personally, but I don't take offense well, to it. To I just—I I also wanted to. I know you don't know a lot about baseball, so I wanted to make well, sure you 
I've had a better that. understanding. Like he only pitched for the first four years of his career. The rest he was mainly a hitter and occasional outfielder. In that case, I'll, I'm going to bump him to eight. Eight? I what, would you prefer nine or ten? No, I don't got many options here, bud. All right, Lionel Messi. Oh, fudge sickles on a cherry pecan salad. <laughs> what? Uh, five. <coughs> Don't suppose you'll tell me who the remaining two are, will no. you? No. No, I will not. Is this going to bother me? Nah. Okay. Ready? Last two. Yep. Michael Phelps. Hmm. Is the next one Sean White? No. It is an Olympic athlete, though. Apollo Ono? He was the goat. Apollo Ono? He was the goat at speed skating. Yeah, but it's freaking speed skating. I'm going to place Phelps at 10 because I know there's a That's big... disrespectful. Okay, 9. Who's 10? You know what? I lied. I lied to you. I lied to you. Michael Phelps is the most dominant in his sport yeah, 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 of yeah, all yeah, the yeah, yeah. athletes. I'm not putting a swimmer in the top five. Listen, that's fair. I don't count swimming super high either. So, Although, swimming, they say, is the best full body workout. I believe it. You want him at nine or ten? Give me, give me ten. So at your nine spot, yeah, is Usain Bolt. Ah, uh, that's a ten, right there. Usain Bolt's definitely the ten. I got nervous because like you never leave ten to your last guess, you know. So your list of goats, yeah, Wayne Gretzky, mm-hmm. number one, the goat of goats. Yep, that's wrong, but that's okay. I mean, that's Your number great. two, Tom Brady. Yep. Good placement. Three is Serena. Four is LeBron. Five is Messi. Six is Tiger. Seven is Nadal. Eight is Babe Ruth. Nine is Usain Bolt. And ten is Michael Phelps. I know. Any regrets? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely yeah. a few. Gretzky at one? No. Oh. No. no. Serena at three. Probably would flip flop her with uh, Messi. Interested. You put Serena at five? Yeah. I thought you wanted LeBron at five and Serena at four. Well, in an ideal world, that would be great. But uh, I feel like swapping, switching the positions of two people is already pushing it enough. We don't need that a third in there. I mean, you're not. It's, the list is over. You, Your list is over. Okay. I'm going to have you blind drink things, and we'll see how much you like it. How about them apples, well, Jeffrey? Listen, literally any time, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Uh, it's... Scary how horribly wrong that list is, but you're, that's okay. Okay, what would you? What would your order be? Number one is Tom Brady. Wrong. Number two is Tiger Woods. Also wrong. Number three is Wayne Gretzky. The most wrong. Number four is Serena Williams. I don't hate it. Number five is Michael Phelps. Uh huh. Number six is LeBron. Okay. Number seven is Babe. Okay. Number eight is Nadal. Okay. Number nine. Who am I missing? Uh, number eight is Messi. Number nine is Nadal. I was about 10. to say. I was waiting. Number ten is uh, Usain. Bolt. Yeah. 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 I don't. I. I mean, listen. He's fast, but he's no insane bolt. You know. <laughs> Who's insane bolt? Do you not remember those uh, Verizon commercials? No. He's like, hi, I'm Usain Bolt. I'm the fastest man in the world, and insane bolt appears. He's like, hi, I'm insane bolt. I'm Usain Bolt, powered by Verizon. Uh, I'm faster. I do not remember those. Yeah. Anyway, any who'sn? Listen, I'm gonna mute my mic and blow my nose. You okay. start with some headlines. Okay. Uh, and the most shocking turn of events that I'm sure none of you are expecting me to bring up: the Pittsburgh Steelers' offense was able to actually move the football. We had, or I'm sorry, they, they had their first 400-yard game, and I believe 53 games. 58 games. 58 games. That's even worse. Matt Canada, you had 58 games to get a 400 yards, and you couldn't do it once. Uh, I'm sure like a lot of people with the first drive were like, oh, this team sucks. Matt Canada wasn't the problem. It was Kenny Pickett. And then the game continued, and the offense found its groove. And then they suddenly start throwing the ball down the middle of the field instead of outside. And uh, what do you know? I, I think we only had one three and out the whole whole game. 
it was kind of funny because uh, we have a friend whose takes are often spicy, uh, not aged well. Uh, shout out Turner. And uh, this take, he said, and like the and like halfway through the first quarter, looks like the not looks, even dude. Looks like Pittsburgh needed Matt Canada, and then by the end of the game, they accomplished something they did not do in his entire tenure with the organization. Yeah. Uh, which is hilarious. And it looks like... I mean, there was that instance with Deontay Johnson not going for a loose ball. But he said he couldn't see it. And Based on... Look, if you look at the video, there are like four guys who are around that ball who don't react to it. He is not the only one. I could. I didn't think it was a fumble when I first watched the video. I didn't either. So I didn't either. I think that's silly. And by the time other Steelers players had started reacting, Deontay Johnson's head was already turned. Yeah. So I think people are are blowing that out of proportion. I think that's. Ridiculous. I think it was an easy thing to latch onto. Yeah. Because of that report of the the fight that happened between Minka and Deontay Johnson. And I think that's going to sort itself out. It sounds like it's already sorted itself out, potentially. But when you have uh, bad coaching is like an infection in a locker room. It spreads. It wears everyone down. And tempers start to flare up, especially when you have players who are looking to, you know, really cash in on their next contract. And they're dependent on this offensive coach and the schemes he runs, the plays he calls. And it's just not like games get won, yes, but it's not because of the offense and no one on the offense is really eating. And that makes it hard for a lot of players to one, stay chill, which is a very simplified expression. Uh, Two, it makes them hard to feel good about themselves going into each week when they're not getting involved. And that just wears and tears. And it's been three years of this. So the fact that more hasn't happened sooner, I think, is the is the thing to, you know, be cognizant of. Yeah. Like, I, I'm not worried about it. Deontay Johnson, a lot of people are like, ah, oh, he's not as good as he's thrown a fit to be. He needs to, you know, be who you can afford to be. I think I think he is. Like, yeah. yeah I'm he- not worried about it either. Not because I don't think Deontay Johnson's disgruntled. I think he might be. Um, but, work itself out. but that particular situation, I'm not worried about. And I yeah. think as the season goes, as that offense inevitably gets better, I think he's going to be more involved and I think he'll be happier. Yeah. Um, but that particular situation, I certainly am not worried about. Yeah. I mean, it looked like, I mean, shoot, uh, he Pickens and Fryermuth all had at least six targets. Like that's, that's the kind of offense we yeah. have been expecting. Yeah. And, uh, I think, I think everything will be okay. Yeah, man, I agree. Need an offensive line still, but outside of that, everything's going to be all right. Yeah. Well, my first headline is not an NFL headline, but it's a football headline. Okay. Rivalry weekend in college football was insane. Yeah, dude. So there were the obvious blowouts, right? Like Oklahoma beat the brakes off of TCU. Uh, Missouri beat the brakes off of Arkansas. Texas beat the brakes off of Texas Tech. Penn State dropped 42 and allowed zero against Michigan State. Oregon blew out Oregon State. But then you had the really good games, too. Michigan, Ohio State. Jim Harbaugh-less Michigan. Yeah. No Jim Harbaugh on the sidelines. Ohio State had a lot of hype coming in. They were upset from last year. Ryan Day is now 1-3 as Michigan takes the 30-24 dub over Ohio State. It was absolutely an insane back-and-forth game. Uh, just incredible. On top of that, Kentucky upsets Louisville in the last seconds of the fourth quarter, winning 38-31. to That'll do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then, uh, uh, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Washington barely edged out a win over Washington State, 24-21. to uh, Georgia played what looked like a lackluster game against Georgia Tech, but it is rivalry weekend, and I think that's important. Yeah, yeah. Those uh, games always, like, those are those are banana peel games for yeah. top teams. Yeah, I agree. And so that was a close game. Georgia looked human in that game, but Georgia was able to pull it out. But then I think the game of the weekend, or at least the play of the weekend, 
was the Iron Bowl, which has given us incredible moments. Crazy moments. In my opinion, the second best sports call in sports history behind the Miracle on Ice was that the, the kick, kick six, six callback. Every time I hear it, oh I get chills. Oh my gosh, dude. Auburn's going to win the football game. They are going to keep off the field game. tonight. Um, just an incredible, incredible rivalry. Always has been through the history books. This one comes down. There's like 30 seconds left in the game. It is fourth and 31 on the Auburn 31. Alabama has the ball. They are trailing by three points. Or four points, I'm sorry. And Alabama, or Jalen Milrow, first of all, all the time in the world, why would you not send the guys at the quarterback on a 4th and 31? Makes no sense to me. But all the time in the world, standing in the pocket, delivers an absolute dart to the end zone for Alabama to take the lead with like 14 seconds left or something like that. And Alabama gets, in dramatic fashion, a win in the Iron Bowl to go on to be uh, eleven and one, yeah, just an absolute madhouse in college football this weekend. And from the looks of it, that nightmare scenario we talked about a couple weeks ago is going to happen. You have Washington, which is twelve and zero. Florida State's twelve and zero. Georgia's twelve and zero. Alabama's eleven and one. Michigan's twelve and zero. Ohio State is eleven and one. Oregon. And Washington, who is going to be meeting Washington in the Pac-12 championship, also 11-1. and Legitimately the biggest nightmare for the college football yeah. playoff committee. It's looking more and more like that's going to happen. I think, it is looking more and more <laughs> like that's going to be... I think a lot of people were expecting this rivalry weekend to shake some of that up. Yeah, it, it did, did not. not. It did not. I will say, I think the one team that was knocked out of this... Uh, it's probably Ohio State. It knocked them out of the Big Ten Championship. Yeah, they're not going to have another opportunity to really, yeah. you know. Yeah, so I, I think this knocks out Ohio State out of the running for the playoff. Yeah. But, man, it's a it's a wild, wild time right now in college football. I do not envy the position of the people in uh, the college football playoff. I think, I think uh, those championship weeks are going to be a godsend for them yeah. <laughs> because uh, – you're gonna. I, I don't think you can take anyone who loses in the championship week. So, uh, I don't. I think there's one team that if they lose in the championship should still be in the playoffs. Georgia, and that's Georgia. Yeah, but like Washington, Oregon, you can't take both of them. Who whoever wins is in. You know, dude, the Pac-12 has been good this year. It if has Oregon been. beats Washington, it has been. It has been. Their only losses will be good. against each other, which are top ten teams in the ah. I don't know, man. It's so hard. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but speaking on that kick six. Oh, Texas stuff. also eleven and one. Oh shoot, Texas is rolling. Yeah, I think. And their one loss is uh, Alabama. Oh Al- no, Texas, uh, Oklahoma, and they've uh, beaten Alabama. That's one of their big signature wins. Yeah. Uh, but so. they beat they beat the weakest version of Alabama. This uh, listen, man, I agree. I think this uh, Alabama team's better than this Texas team. Speaking on the kick six, though, I saw an interview. Did you know that Chris Davis's favorite uh, team is Alabama? I don't know who Chris Davis is. He's the guy who ran back the kick six. Oh, oh, yeah. that's funny. Yeah, uh, he like. It was oh, a, that's funny. It was an interview with like one of his former Auburn teammates. He's like, bro, you ask anyone in any of our classes, yo, who's Chris's favorite team? They're gonna say Alabama. That's funny. Apparently, he used to make jokes on Iron Bowl week, like, man, hope they don't throw him my way. I'm just gonna fall down. <laughs> <laughs> And then he knocked him out of the playoffs. <laughs> and one is That's one funny. of the most electrifying moments in college say, football history. I'd say American sport history. Not that's not on an international scale. I don't know about that simply because it wasn't in the championship. It wasn't in the playoffs. Right, right. But it like, was just a rivalry game. So I, I don't know that I would say that. But right. but also but it's the same you know conversation with Odell's catch against the Cowboys. That what that game wasn't significant really outside of the fact that it was a divisional game. Yeah. But it was such an amazing moment. Dude, have you seen those people, and they're usually Alabama fans, who are like, you know, the kick six wasn't even that impressive. Yeah. Like, the people out there were not out there to tackle. Like, it's not their job to tackle. So, like, it's really not that impressive to run back a field goal kickoff. Like, it's not even 109 yards. Dude. That's just... Go suck an egg, you know? That's trying... (laughs) That's trying to get people to stop talking about this yeah. thing. That's tremendously painful yeah. for him. That's 
It was so good. Dude. <laughs> it was like, dude, I was talking to, uh, you know, we're in Nashville, obviously, right? I had a couple of people from Pittsburgh come do a wine tasting uh, yesterday, and they were talking about the Pens game because the, they played the Preds. And how the Preds won. Yeah, and they're like, oh, yeah, it'd be nice to. This guy was like, yeah, it'd be nice to not play the uh, refs, too. And I'm like, man, we both know that the Penguins have issues. But, you know, that's a subjective. Every fan base is like, oh, the refs. But then this guy's like, yeah, the, the chants were stupid. The Preds fans' chance were stupid. I'm yeah, like, because you're I'm a Preds like, fan. I'm like, bro. Uh, his big his big beef was that everyone mispronounced Jari, Tristan Jari. They pronounced it Jerry. Um, they probably did that as a troll job. They honestly, they might have. Like, yeah. I was like, you can't. Like, there is no more European esque atmosphere in the NHL than Nashville. Yeah, and what I mean by that is like. There, the you chance, can the... you can say so many things, and it's only about the Preds. The Titans, they are boring. Yeah, Who, their Horrible. their chants are boring. It's defense, defense, because they lack any creativity. Preds fans, though, oh dude, yeah. it is a it is a chorus. Those of people chants. are just mad because when we won in overtime, they had to listen to seventeen thousand people scream at Jari. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, all your fault. It's all you. Yeah, he's fault. like, he's like, he's like, yeah, Jari, you suck. That's such a bad chant. And I'm like, bro, you're missing like 80% yeah. of it. And that's the beef of the <laughs> chant. Like, yeah. It, like, it's so coordinated and pointed. Like, you, there is a, you suck for every player on the ice and the coach. Like, yeah. it is very pointed. It is directed. That is one thing that Nashville has sports-wise is that our hockey game's atmospheres are electric. Don't be a grouch. Yeah, and I agree, I, man. I know that's hard because a lot of people from Pittsburgh are grouches. And before you get mad at me, I'm from Pittsburgh. My dad is from Pittsburgh. He is the definition of a grouch. Yep. I'm speaking pragmatically. But here. also hilarious. Very funny. I love your dad. Oh, man. He's, anyway. He's a national treasure. Uh, since we're talking about hockey, it reminded me of something that someone said in yeah. our group message the other day. It said, uh, all this stuff going on in sports, you guys waste a whole pod with hockey, uh, blah, that? blah, blah. Uh, Turner said that. Oh. And he was like, blah, blah, this is happening, this is happening. The NBA in-season tournament is happening. I want to talk about that. Okay. This question is for you, Turner. Also for you, Thomas, if you have a question or if you have an answer. Okay. What's the point? Um, there, so it's more for like the role players, like the benefit of winning is more for the people who aren't making bank, but they don't like, it doesn't in, in, in 50 years, no one's going to say, Oh, he won three titles in, in two NBA in season tournaments. I mean, they might, no one's going to be saying that it's hard. It doesn't have anything to do with playoff positioning or seating. It doesn't have, it literally is nothing but a slight payday for the people who win. I think that this is so why would we cover something so silly i to me i think that this is a cool idea and i i think that they're gonna figure out a way to make it relevant um i think that it's this season is kind of a trial run to see like if it's even feasible to have this sort of thing go on uh, I mean, we see it in soccer, you know. But, but it's different. But it it in is soccer. different. It is. It's it different is in soccer because different. you're playing against teams in other leagues. You're playing against teams in the country, like in and your um, continent. Like and you're playing. You're playing for a chance to get a European competition. Exactly. It's I not. Think, it's not just playing the exact same right. teams you would play if this thing didn't exist. I think right now it is irrelevant. I think it's cool. You know, those new courts, the special jerseys. I think it's cool to give some sort of bragging rights to someone who is not, you know, the NBA championship, the NBA champion necessarily. That being said though, I would be interested to see what the 5-year plan is regarding the in-season tournament before I really make up my decision on if it's a good thing or a bad thing. If this is if what we have right now is the end game, then it's a little silly and that's kind of a cash grab is what it is. If there is an end game though, that's bigger and better. I'm very interested in seeing what that is. Also, the commercial for it that keeps playing on podcasts is really dumb. Yeah. They say this is the first time for anything, and this proves it. The NBA in-season tournament for the first time. What? That's like if McDonald's came out with a new hamburger, and they say, this proves the saying. There's a first time for anything. 
yeah, like that's no, the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. I could be. I'm, I might get some flack. That's for a this. horrible ad campaign. I feel like the NBA's marketing the last couple of seasons, at least American marketing, because that's all I that's all I know. You know, has been a little like substandard compared ESPN? to what it used to be. Or uh, the NBA? Yeah. I'm not an NBA fan, so I don't. I don't really I'm not. Know. I'm not either. But I used to see commercials. But I know they live on like social media. No, th- yeah, they do. I, they do. But I used to see things, and I'd be like, "This makes me want to actually attempt to watch a basketball game." Not me. And I and I have attempted a couple of times, and I get through like the first quarter, and I'm like, "Man, it's just so boring to watch now, man." Uh, like I feel like it's a. But I mean, you know, like people feel that way about football, hockey, soccer, yeah. basketball. The point is, is like lately the marketing has had me a little like I don't really care to even seek out a game. Yeah. Listen, if you think football is boring, I disagree, but have your opinion. If you think tennis is boring, I disagree, have your opinion. If you uh-huh. think golf is boring, I disagree, have your opinion. If you think hockey is boring, you're stupid and wrong. No. You might not like it. And that's fine. If you don't like hockey, that's fine. But if you say you're bored watching a hockey game, you're stupid and wrong. You can be bored watching a hockey game just like you can any sport. Because, like, we've talked about this on the pod before. You have to know how to watch it in order to get the entertainment out of it. To get the entertainment, but not be bored. These guys are flying. These guys are flying around ice, hitting each other, shooting pucks, chasing after rebounds. Pushing each other against boards, getting in fights. Like, you can be not entertained, and that's fine. I disagree, yeah. that's fine. But to say it's boring is just incorrect. If I, well, take that Vancouver, Colorado game that we watched last week, uh, that second period. If I had just turned on that second period with someone who wasn't a hockey fan, I would be like, this is probably extremely boring for them. Like, I'm not saying hockey in general is boring but i'm saying there are boring games where it just the rhythm of play never really gets going and it's just so start stoppy that it's more like football you know i mean listen disagree even when it is the rhythm doesn't get going then it's still shifting back and forth to different it is. teams the it teams is. can't get their individual rhythms going but they're still swapping back and forth it is but you you might i've never a, seen a boring game of you might have a harder time picking up on that though if you weren't if you're not watching it with someone who can you know in the moment be like hey this is what's going on listen you know fair enough that's all i'm saying fair enough anyway you got any more headlines i, I actually do i got another one about college football you should uh, have plenty more We've only gone over two. (laughs) Calm down, Jeffrey. Okay. Uh, Colorado. uh, Deion Sanders has lost his second quarterback commit in, like, back-to-back days uh, for back-to-back classes. Uh, Yeah, I mean, they started 4-1 and and then didn't win another game. Yeah. Well, uh, do you also see about uh, Shamar? He has a broken back. I don't know who that is. Dion's son, the quarterback? Shador. Shador, sorry. Shamar is the lead character in uh, SWAT. Shamar Moore plays really? Hondo. Yeah. Oh. He's a big Matt Rife fan. Do you know that? Oh, Matt Rife. Oh. Who did you I think not know that. I, when you said Matt Rife, my immediate thought was Matt Rule. And I was oh. like, Ooh, why? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a weird... That's, a, that's an interesting wagon to hit yourself to. Um, yeah, no, uh, but... So I think he's probably going to be there possibly a year longer than we anticipated. Uh, I mean, he's like, as in like next year, he's not going to declare this year. I think he might not declare this year. Yeah, because well, of his Dion back. already came out and said both of his sons have decided to declare in 2025. Oh. So. Interesting. Yeah, he already came out and said that. I must have missed that one. He did. But uh, I mean, hey, dude, we don't talk about, college football is kind of hit or miss for me. I know? love College football. I love the atmosphere. I love talking about it, and I love reading it. about it and stuff like that. I hate watching it. I'm not a fan of watching it. I, I love some games. Yeah. But not all games. But the storylines that come from college football. Oh, and, they're unmatched. Yeah. They're yeah. incredible. So I, I love learning about college football. And yeah. I love reading about it. And I love watching, like, uh, I like watching highlight Because my big qualm with... Uh, with college football is it's not professional so there's so many stupid mistakes but when you right. watch like highlights of a game they're showing the good parts right they're not showing the stupid mistakes so i watch i like watching highlight videos and again just the stories that are in college football are incredible yeah i got you i got you 
But uh, well, my next headline is uh, this week. I think we saw two teams, or there were two teams that convinced me that they are the real deal. Okay. Not just first round exits, but like these teams are legitimate contenders, mm-hmm. and they come from the same division. Okay, and that is the Philadelphia Eagles and the Dallas Cowboys and the New York Giants. Oh, what? Uh, yeah, Giants big win over the Patriots. <laughs> no, the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, obviously dude, that was going to be my next headline. Is the like dude. we knew this about the Eagles? Yeah, we knew it. Well, I did not, oh. and, and not that I didn't know. I just like a lot of the ways. I think there are two types of teams that win ugly. Okay. One is a team that gets lucky, and one is a team that's just good at it. And I they're gotcha. going to win at all costs, no matter what. Yeah. You know what I mean? And for the first part of the season, I was more on the on the head on the side of Philly's just getting lucky. Like they should be seven and three right now, not not yeah. ten or nine and one. Like Philly's just getting lucky. But after this week, man, I really and I think even watching the Kansas City game, like Jalen Hurts will make mistakes in the first half. Yeah. But he never once will put his head down. He never once will waver. He will stand up and make massive plays when he needs to, like the play to Devontae Smith in the Kansas City game. Like marching his team down the field after taking or uh, trailing in overtime. Marching his team down the field and getting a touchdown. Despite his mistakes, he never lets it get to him. And he he's... I mean, he's been one of the worst quarterbacks in the first half of the season and one of the absolute best in the second half. And I think that says something about this team. This isn't a team that's just getting lucky. This is a team that's going to freaking win, man. And they might lose a couple of games, but I think this is a legitimate team. And this week convinced me of that, watching the end of that Buffalo-Philly game. Yeah, no. Uh, Philly is currently three weeks into their five-week gauntlet that we talked about yeah. about three weeks ago. Uh-huh. And uh, they're undefeated. 3-0, baby. They have, they've beaten the Cowboys, the Chiefs, and the Bills. They still got to go through the 49ers, which I think is probably going to be the biggest. Like, 49ers were favored in that game. Which is disrespectful. Wild. I'm going to pick um, I'm going to pick the 49ers. Oh. I'm gonna just pick, a heads up. I'm going to pick the Eagles. Just <laughs> a heads up. Um, and then they have the Cowboys again, which I think I honestly expected them to split this uh, this in-season series. Um I thought that the Cowboys would have caught them by surprise on the first go round, but I, I'm not. I would not be surprised if Philly actually did come out of this gauntlet undefeated. Uh, but that being said, I would be, but I don't think that's because they're not real. Yeah, I think that's because fatigue happens, it does. and when you go through this kind of stretch, you're playing hard football. Not a single one of these wins so far in the gauntlet have been blowouts. They've all been close games. I think they're going to continue to be close games. And fatigue is a real thing. And fatigue does set in. And I think they're going to lose at least one of these close games. Yeah. I really think it's going to be two. But nonetheless, I mean, if this team finishes the season at 14-3, and that's still a hell of a season. Absolutely. Like Absolutely. so, and that's not because Philly's not a real team. I, Philly's my favorite to represent the NFC in the championship right now. Yeah. Um. I don't know. <laughs> what was that? Them and San Francisco were very close. What was that? I. Uh, I don't know. I don't know <laughs> if I'm being honest. If uh, I sat but, here and thought about it, I'd give you an answer. But, but the Cowboys, they have been exceptional uh, since losing to Philly by five on the fifth of uh, November. Uh, they have blown the doors off their opponents. 49-17, 33-10, I don't want to be a believer because this team does nothing but disappoint. Yeah. Uh, but, like, the their defense has rebounded from losing Trayvon Diggs. Like, the offense, specifically the run game, could be humming a little bit better, but it's not terrible. Pollard had a good game this he week. He did. He did. I know. I played against him in fantasy. It was great. <laughs> uh, the point is, though, it's like this Cowboys defense or this Cowboys team might be for real. And that makes me anxious because I feel like I have a tinfoil hat on my head right now because the Cowboys are traditionally <laughs> a one and done team in the playoffs. Yeah. And that's just been like a. That's that's as hard of a rule as the sky being blue and oxygen being good for you, you know? So it feels like I'm swimming against the 
Being a salmon, dude. Being a salmon. Salmon swim against the, the current. Be a salmon. But, man, I I believe in this team. That defense is incredible. Yeah. That defense is absolutely incredible. But I think Dak Prescott might be the MVP of the league right now. Really? Dak Prescott is playing unbelievable football. He said, I'm not going to have 10 interceptions this season. He's on pace to have less than 10 picks this season. He has a career-best 70% completion percentage right now. He has almost 3,000 passing yards, 23 touchdowns, and only six picks. Dak Prescott? Dak Prescott is playing arguably the best football he's ever played. He looks incredible. And unlike in years past where we have seen oftentimes his confidence get shaken, he throws a pick and then on the next drive he he looks weird. He looks good this year, man. He turns the ball over and he comes back and says, all right, watch this, and leads the team down on a touchdown drive. He is hitting C.D. Lamb. It's almost like they're – they were twins who were separated at birth. They're, they've got a connection. He's got that, that rookie match. Absolutely back. humming right now. The rookie tight end is playing incredible. Like this whole team, with the exception of Tony Pollard, is just playing out of their minds. And it even looks like Tony Pollard is stepping it up and actually looking like a starting running back. Yeah, dude. As of the last couple of weeks. I, dude, this Dallas team, I'm like you. I don't want to get scorned. I don't. But this Dallas team, dude. Listen, I would be a lot more willing to hand Jerry Jones a hammer to my heart if Trayvon Diggs was still available. That's fair. Although, the guy who replaced him... has been fantastic. He's uh, he's record-breaking. This week, he set the record for the most pick-sixes in uh, one season in football history. Yeah. And he's still got five games to play. Yeah, dude. Uh, No, six games to play. So, yeah, dude. The guy who's replaced Trayvon Diggs... Is he or did no. Bland replace Diggs? Yes, actually, really? I don't know. He, I don't think he did. Last but. year was his rookie year. He had fifty-four total tackles and five inter. Yo, this dude might be a dude. Yeah, I don't think he replaced Diggs. In two years, he has twelve interceptions That's and five good. touchdowns. That's pretty good. Uh, this dude might be a dude. He went to Fresno. I don't know. What but is anyway, it? fifth round pick. Yeah, man. That's good value. I'm a big I'm a big believer in this Dallas team. I don't like it, but I am. I think legitimately uh, Dallas and Philly are two of the three best teams in the NFC right now, and they both look absolutely legit. Let me ask you something. What's up? Cornerbacks. Yep. Let's just assume Trayvon Diggs is healthy. Yep. Where do you rank Dallas at, at one-two punches at corner? In the in the league, uh, I think top three bare minimum. Yeah, I was I was gonna say one or two. Uh, Miami is a, is good, but they're in like Xavier Howard just disappears, you know. Um, but like, oh, dude, I'm gonna be very interested to see what happens next season when they have a fully healthy Bland and Diggs, and we know what to expect. Yeah, I don't think you can pass against that team. Listen, man, I agree. Because even if, like, let's say even if your wide receiver breaks clean, you've got Micah Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence coming for your head, you know? Yeah. Uh, and that's just, that's a recipe for a uh, broken ACL. But uh, let's talk about Thanksgiving. The lines. Let's talk about the overrated foods on Thanksgiving. Turkey is dry. Turkey it's terrible. is always if you dry. Like turkey, you're wrong. Like every time I voice this complaint, they're just like, ah, you're not having turkey made right. No. The only way I eat, I eat turkey exactly two ways. That's an oxymoron. Smother it in stuffing and giblet gravy, or the next day on a sandwich smothered in mayonnaise. Yeah. But it has to have it has to be smothered in something so that my mouth doesn't feel like the Grand Canyon. Yes. Uh, honestly, dude, the only Thanksgiving food that I... In case I really... you're wondering why we just randomly paused there, Thomas just had to pause to, to let out a tiny little fart. I was expecting her. Like a crazy one. person. The only Thanksgiving food I really like is mashed potatoes, stuffing, preferably without mushrooms, and dressing. Who puts mushrooms in stuffing? My aunt. 
Interesting. Like also always. stuffing and dressing are the same thing. So they're a little different. They're not. They're a little different. Dressing the definite like stuffing is you traditionally stuffed inside of a turkey. Yeah, but well, like okay, it is dressing okay. stuffed inside of a turkey. Here's how I view it, right? Dressing is like <coughs> slightly wetter stuffing. That's stuffing is pretty dry. Stuffing is dressing stuffed into a turkey. Don't don't be semantical, okay? I said what I said. You don't like mac and cheese? Uh, we don't really have mac and cheese at Thanksgiving. What's the Thanksgiving food? I mean, maybe to your family. To a lot of families. It's never been for mine. Did you see that one Dallas player? They said, what are your favorite Thanksgiving sides? And his was spaghetti. That's a side? <laughs> Apparently, on Thanksgiving? Yeah, no, that's the other thing. Is yeah. on Thanksgiving, that's, yeah. that's a side? Yeah. What? <laughs> anyway, Thanksgiving games. Uh, I want to talk about Jordan Love, dude. Jordan Love played good football. Uh, and there's apparently there's this like growing label that he might be a second half of the season quarterback. You know what I mean? Uh, where he's horrendous the first half of a season and then possibly good the second half. But like if he puts together three or four more games like this one, that, that argument's going to have a whole lot of validity. Because uh, 22-32 for 268 and three touchdowns, zero interceptions. That's a, That's pretty good. Yeah. Especially when you're on a uh, playoff push in fantasy and a dynasty league and you've had him on your bench for three years. And this season, about two weeks ago, you started to get a little anxious and like, oh, should I jump ship? He's been kind of mediocre this year after I put all this time into him. Maybe I should get a better quarterback. But then you can't get a better quarterback because everyone wants too much money. And what were we talking about? That was a very oddly specific, uh, generalized thing you just said. I'm just speaking, you know, oh. out and open for anyone who might be experiencing yeah you know yeah (laughs) maybe they took him to a one i don't know listen i'm also experiencing that in one of my dynasty it's so frustrating dude it's like are you good or are you bad he'll post 11 points and so i'll bench him and he'll post 40 and i'm like what do you do do i need am i playing zach Ertz or am i playing you dude yeah the answer is jordan love because zach Ertz gets two points a game the point i'm getting at yeah. is, am i playing a tight end or am i playing you dude because i don't know what the answer is and i really wish you would tell me i don't know what the bigger story is from that game is it jordan love looking good or is it the detroit lions looking like the detroit lions of old uh i mean they've had a couple of games they've lost this season yeah. Where you can say, oh, they lost, but they still looked good. They still had good things. They still had whatever. Yeah. They looked like the 0-16 Lions on, some, I think, on Thursday. I think that they just... I No, I think they figured it out. I think that they just let Green Bay build too much of a... I'm sorry. For three quarters, they yeah. looked like the well, Lions of old. Well, I'd say really for just one quarter. Because the Green Bay put 20 on them in the first. And then they got nine points the rest of the game, you know? Jared Goff didn't have a bad game, so it's not like it was, you know, on him. Didn't he have, like, four picks? He didn't have a single pick. He was two interceptions, zero interceptions. Wait, what? Two touchdowns, zero interceptions. When did he have four picks? Uh, I think that was the week before. Ah. Uh, David Montgomery had 4.7 yards a carry. Jameer Gibbs had 4.9. Like, I think that they just maybe came into it a little... uh, like they, I to me it felt like they came into that game as if they had already won the game, yeah. and I think they got a sucker punch, and I think it, honestly it's good for them going forward. I hope so, man, because I love these lions. Yeah, I believe in these lions. I still think they're the favorites in the division. Yeah, I just it was saddening to see. It was yeah, it was tough to see the one. Yeah, yeah, we thought this was going to be their first you know Thanksgiving win in a really long time. Yeah, but I think this is a game that helps. <laughs> like cement the foundation to a young team this is a this is the definition of a banana peel game that can be positive you just got to channel it that way yeah man i agree yeah uh listen let's talk about the indianapolis colts for a second you got to talk about your steelers i get to brag on my colts okay first of all let's let's stop giving gardner Minshew so much credit why dude he's leading y'all to a playoff and it's not even that I hate Gardner or I'm upset that Gardner is getting attention. I'm upset that the people who deserve the attention aren't getting it. Gardner has eight touchdowns and 13 turnovers this season. Yeah. Like he has single-handedly lost us games this season. And in the wins that we have, 
it's not because of Gardner. It is because of um, a lot of other aspects of the team. All Gardner had to do was not lose it for us, and he happened to be able to do that. Yeah. So let's just hold off on Gardner and give credit where credit is due. Shane Steichen's coaching his booty off. Uh, Chase McLaughlin is hitting hitting great field goals. Rigoberto Sanchez is one of the best punters in the league right now. But this Colts... Oh, JT also back to himself, although he's going to miss two to three weeks because of a thumb injury, uh, which sucks. But this Colts defense is playing really good football this year. And... uh, there's one player in particular I want to talk about, and then I just, the, the defense in general. But the player I want to talk about is seventh-round rookie cornerback Jalen Jones, yeah, who made his NFL debut in week four and since then has allowed the lowest completion percentage over expected, which is negative 12.6%, of any rookie cornerback in a season in NFL history. Is that good? That's pretty dang good. Like... This guy was a seventh-round pick and is playing like one of the best corners in the league as far as coverage goes. Absolutely incredible. Corners are so weird, dude. Because you can get a dog just anywhere in the draft. I agree. It almost begs the question, like, is it worth drafting first-round cornerbacks? Yeah. You know? And I will say, he's only played, what's four minus 11? Seven games, so... uh, it's this thing probably isn't super sustainable the whole season, and he's probably not really in the conversation for D-Roy because he's not playing the sure. whole season, and he's not Jalen Carter, right? So like, sure. but nonetheless, he's a young kid for the Colts who's playing really, really well. This is coming after the exit of Stephon Gilmore, who's also playing well in Dallas. Yeah, uh, but really uh, good to see that four minus eleven is not seven. Do what? I said eleven minus four. I'm pretty sure you said 4 minus 11. Oh, I meant 11 minus 4. Well, that is 7. Yeah. Yeah, What's 4 minus 11? Negative 7. All right. just want to see if you can math. Uh, But the defense as a whole, let's just talk about the last three games, which we're on a three-game win streak, by the way. The defense has 15 sacks and seven turnovers in those three games. Yeah. This freaking defense, man. Is playing so well. Gus Bradley is doing a phenomenal job. Uh, And it's not the sexy defense that only allows five points a game and three yards a game, right? Like, it's not that. But it is still, it's a team that gets turnovers. It's a team that gets to the quarterback. And those are the most important things when it comes to the National Football League. Winning the turnover battle and uh, getting to the quarterback. Yeah. As far as defense goes. And so, I just, as a Colts fan, I'm excited for when AR finally gets back and is healthy. If he can play like we saw him flashing, if JT can play like JT's playing, if the offensive line can play like the offensive line is playing, and if this defense can keep it up, the Indianapolis Colts, the Houston Texans, and the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to be a three-headed monster in the AFC South. Yeah, dude, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, My last headline. Keaton Mitchell might be that guy. Yeah? For the Ravens. Uh, Since taking over, or not taking over, since really getting involved on the 5th, he's had a very good uh, November. Uh, His stats on the season, which, you know, since the 5th to now, uh, 29 carries, 269 yards, and two touchdowns. Uh, That's a 9.3 yard an attempt average across a month. And, like, I think his lowest average in in a game is 4.1 against Cincinnati. I can't remember the last time I saw a Baltimore running back be this exciting. And I, I think that, or I hope that, the Ravens actually give him an opportunity to see what they could have as a starter. See, that's... What they need to do is actually give him that opportunity. Yeah, instead of doing the split, like because if you take wolves. because if you take off his top three runs, yeah, that number drops drastically. I mean, it does on yards per carry. It does, but the but so, the average is still higher than you would expect. Yeah, but I I do think before we can say he might be a guy, I think they need to give him the proper share. But I do agree. I think he's definitely shown that he deserves to get. A proper chance. Yeah. Like, I've never seen J.K. Dobbins, one, finish a game healthily, but two, <laughs> uh, run the ball 
in a manner that generated as excitement, as much excitement, <coughs> as much electricity as Mitchell is. And don't get me wrong, as a Steelers fan, keep him chained up for all you all you care. I'm all for that. But like the Steelers are doing it with Jalen Warren right now with their undrafted kind of diamond in the rough. I and I think some people are kind of like, hey, maybe we should be expediting this process. Like you know what Gus Edwards is, you know he's very okay. He's an eight carry, twenty six yard kind of guy. There's nothing wrong with that. It just is what it is. And I'm gonna take the electric factory you have in the background who has shown that he has the ability to break off any run for 60 70 yards over that over gus edwards you know and i i'm going to be very anxious to see how he finishes on the season and what his role is one when the playoffs start and two when a healthy jk dobbins is back in the equation yeah no i agree man yeah i agree uh, my final headline, I won't be long. I just want to give you a chance to defend your buddy Sam Howell. Uh, okay. Outside of his passing yards, okay. everything else looks bad. So uh, What do you mean? One, he's very inconsistent. Okay. Two, he has one more touchdown than he has turnovers this year. That can't be right. He has four fumbles and 13 picks, which is 17 turnovers. Uh, uh, and he has 18 passing touchdowns. Okay. And zero rushing touchdowns. So okay. 18 touchdowns. He's got 17. three rushing touchdowns. Oh, okay. So 21 to 17. Okay. Uh, but he does things where he puts up 500 yards and five touchdowns and wins a game. Uh-huh. And then he does things like he did on Sunday, which is uh, 28 to 44 for uh, zero touchdowns and an interception. You mean against one of the best defenses in the league that we just harped on for how great they are moments ago yeah but you've been harping on sam howell all year for how great he is yeah he's still a young guy with an incompetent coach no that's a fact i'm just like 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 the problem with washington's offense this whole year is they're not using their pieces correctly and it's not in the sense of like arthur smith where he's using just the wrong pieces they're just giving the ball to Howell and saying, hey, go sling it 50, 60 times a game and we'll see what happens. Like with Arthur Smith, at least there's variety. It's just he's not using his star players. They're still, they still run the ball. They still pass the ball. It's not as efficient as it could be. With Washington, they don't run the ball, though. They just pass. They'll give like 10 carries a game. And in a truly efficient offense, you're rushing the ball at least 20 times a game. You know? It is crazy like, to be that when your quarterback is that – or when your offensive line is that bad, yeah, you allow your quarterback to drop back forty-four times in a game, and he's done that like twelve times this season. He's been he's sacked only fifty-five times. Eleven games, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Like, hold on, what was the number you just used? Drop back what, forty-four times. Yeah, I mean, when I say drop back, I mean he is holding, he is throwing the ball, not drop back as in like the official stat. He of drop has backs. had less than forty-four attempts. Four times. Yes. Yeah. So season. in seven games, he's thrown the ball over 44 times. I would be very interested to see. That's crazy. That's I'm, crazy. I'm going to. Tom look. Brady didn't do that. I, I would not be. Sh- actually, uh, talk. I'm going to look up something. I just. I I do agree with you that he has been done a disservice. I just think you overhype him and he's not as good as you want him to be. Uh, and so I really mostly said that to give you a hard time. Yeah. Uh, the pod is all. Really, we're out of time. I just said that to give you a hard time. But I do think you are right. He has been done a disservice by forcing him to pass the ball that much, allowing him to get hit that much. The fact that he hasn't missed a game is remarkable to me. Absolutely. Absolutely, dude. I do think he has the potential to be okay in this league. I just think you overhype him. has 50 more attempts than the second place guy. That's a lot. And that's Josh Allen. He has 75 more attempts than the third place guy. The point, like that, that's what I'm getting. Like, is he throwing the ball a lot? Yes. So I. So Sam Howell has 85 more attempts than the guy in third place? 75. Well, you said 50 and then 35. Oh, I'm sorry. He has 75 more than the guy in third place, which is Mahomes. Uh, Sam Howell has. But see, it makes sense. 486 attempts on the season. It makes sense to have Josh Allen 
throw the ball a lot. Yeah. It makes sense to have Patrick Mahomes throw the ball a lot. They both have good offensive lines. Mm-hmm. They're both top of the league when it comes to quarterback play. Yeah. This guy's in his second year. First year starting. First year as a starter. He only started like two games last year. Your offensive line he, has more holes than Swiss cheese. He is on pace to finish the season with 751 attempts. That's crazy. And I think that's the problem. No, I agree. Uh, but I think that, like, I think if you rein that in, because, like, yeah, with more passes, you have more highs, but you also have a lot more opportunity for more lows, I'd say. Um, I think that if you kind of level that out and don't, one, just put so much wear and tear on his arm, I wouldn't be surprised if he was horrendous the rest of the season just from arm fatigue. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's. I think that's what they need to do is get a more stable uh Var- variable offense. Yeah. I don't know, man. I do know the Colts going to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. But that's all I know. Well, I don't know how you made it through the end of this podcast without dying. Dude, I don't know what's wrong. I don't know uh, who your top four are for the college football playoff. I don't know if Dallas is going to disappoint us again. Uh, probably. But listen, I don't know about you, but uh, we're, we're just, just here so we don't get fined. Fine.